Hi, I'm Randy. And I'm Claire. And you're listening to Killer Vibes, a true crime podcast. So Jack the Ripper's letter gets published. He is the Zodiac. He is the Zodiac <laughs> no, killer. Kidding. No, that's not what happens. It's um, impossible. It's like literally a hundred years <laughs> <laughs> until the Zodiac killer comes out. And it's in a different location. I guess. Maybe. Probably okay, not. no. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we have the first Dear Boss letter that's published in um, the Central News newspaper, and that's on October 1st, 1888, and on the same day, a postcard is sent to the Central News, and it's from Jack the Ripper. So the postcard is really creepy looking, and it says... I was not kidding, dear boss, when I gave you the tip. You'll hear about Saucy Jackie's work tomorrow. Double event this time. Number one squealed a bit. Couldn't finish straight off. Had not the time to get po- ears for police. Thanks for keeping the last letter back till I got to work again. Jack the Ripper. So, I mean. Is he th- going to get someone's ear in the future? No. not okay, good. <laughs> Not their ear. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why that would bother me. He's been taking uteruses. Yeah, right. Like he's taking them. But like the visual of the ear is a lot. I know that's kind of gross. Um. Anyway, but yeah. So this postcard, I ha- I think has a little bit more legitimacy because it talks about the double event, and then it also talks about the scream that happens. Um. Again, you could possibly. Oh yeah, the she yeah she she screamed three times, and that was. Israel um, gave us that piece of information. So that could be kind of creepy, but also if you're being murdered, I would assume that you would always scream. I hate the word squeal that he used. Yeah, he's not cool. Like he's a serial killer. (laughs) (laughs) He makes me uncomfortable overall, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, squeal is kind of an interesting word. I don't know. It's almost like childlike squealing. Yeah. Or like animalistic. But anyway, so they get this lovely postcard, and it's a little bit more, It's it has that one detail in it, so people kind of are starting to pay attention. But in October, there wasn't really anything that happens, so it's kind of quiet. And um, PC Charles Walter, who I had mentioned before, was swamped with the press. So all of them were asking about the letters. Um, he had a ton of fake letters that he had to deal with, so he's like, dealing with the press who wants to print letters but all he has is fake letters and then he has this one weird postcard it's just really interesting and so charles releases this statement saying at present i think the whole thing could be a hoax but of course we are bound to try and ascertain the writer in any case so they're trying really hard to sort of figure out what's going on with all of the information that they have. It's really similar to the Zodiac case. <laughs> yeah, um, I've never drawn these parallels before. <laughs> yeah, neither had I. And I was looking at all of this information. And I was like, this is just the Zodiac, but in the 1800s. <laughs> um, but yeah. and This is Jack the Ripper speaking. <laughs> this is Jack the Ripper. Stop. Stop. Okay. Um. So the police weren't taking the letters very seriously for a number of reasons. So unlike the Zodiac letters, we don't have a ton of details about what actually happens. The scream could be interpreted to be legit or not. Um, The letters were all sent to a really small news publication. So 
that was kind of weird. It was almost like someone from the Central News organization had sent the letters to this organization so that they could print it. Um, And then the assistant police commissioner claimed that they knew who the culprit was and that it was a journalist. But the reason why these letters are important is because they give us the moniker Jack the Ripper. So that's why they're that's why I'm talking about them. But overall, probably not real. So George Lusk was the chairman of Whitechapel Vigilante Committee. He was in charge of organizing groups of people to protect Whitechapel at night and was vocal in the papers that a reward should be offered for information about the murderer of the four women. First, he started to kind of get stalked after he made this statement, because I think it's pretty clever to like offer a reward to people because people are already insinuating that this guy is probably a poor guy who doesn't really have anything else to do. He's probably Jewish, which for some reason is a bad thing. And um, money might insinuate some other people to like bring that person to justice because it's already a seedy underbelly of a city. So double crossing would happen, I think. Yeah, for sure. This also just like reminds me of like a neighborhood watch. Yes, (laughs) that's exactly what the original neighborhood watch. Yes, the OG neighborhood watch, the Whitechapel Vigilante Committee. Um, Yeah, so George is getting stalked by this person after he makes this statement. And several people who are under his employ say that they've talked to this person and they're constantly asking where George is. And on October 12th, George got a letter that was written in the same hand as the first two letters and it says i write you a letter in black ink as i have no more of the right stuff i think you are all asleep in scotland yard with your bloodhounds as i will show you tomorrow night i am going to do a double event but not in Whitechapel. got rather too warm here had to shift no more till you hear me again jack the ripper then he also got a postcard saying Say, boss, you seem rare frightened. Guess I'd like to give you fits, but can't stop time enough to let your box of toys play copper games with me. But hope to see you when I don't hurry much. Bye bye, boss. And then finally, we have the famous and final letter that was sent to George, which included a small package. Oh, my God. What body part is in this box? I'll tell you. And this is our from hell letter. This is scary. Okay. 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 Like, they have, like, a picture of the letter. It's terrifying to look at. You know how, like, some people's handwritings just looks like crap? This looks like it was written by Satan. It's really, really (laughs) scary. Um, I never thought handwriting could be scary, but it is. So it says, from hell, Mr. Lusk, sorry, I sent you half a kidney I took from one woman. Yes. One woman preserved it for you together. The other piece I fried and ate it. It was very nice. I may send you the bloody knife that took it out if you only wait a while longer. Signed, catch me when you can, Mr. Lusk. So, there are several words in that letter that are misspelled. So, we have the words uh, kidney preserved, nice knife, wait while, and mister, all spelled incorrectly. Another reason why this could be the Zodiac Killer. (laughs) Not really, though. 
So as the letter states, the small package contained a kidney wrapped inside. This letter also suggests a hidden cannibalism, um, which might make a little bit of sense since we have some other missing organs from other victims. Okay, how gross when you open a box and there's a kidney in it. Honestly, that would be really, I would be so scared. I would be so scared. It would, gross. That's disgusting. I feel really bad for like, Whoever is like working at the front desk or in like the mail room who oh, had to yeah. receive that. Absolutely. Be like, what the hell is that smell? Like, yeah. Why is it dripping blood? Why is there blood in here? You don't understand. <laughs> that would be terrible. I also feel like you wouldn't immediately know that it was a kidney. No. And you'd just be like, what is this? So weird. It's like, why is there a piece of this? meat in this box? <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, But yeah, no, it was definitely a kidney. And at first, like, George is a rational person. is like, this is a sick joke that somebody is playing on me because I'm actively working with a vigilante team to catch Jack the Ripper. So he sends it off to a doctor, which is probably smart. And some say that it's human. Some say that it's not. But if you remember from our double event that happened previously, Catherine was missing her left kidney. So, Uh, curious. It's making my body feel weird. (laughs) Yes, isn't it odd? But also we have to remember that the double event has happened and um, people knew the details of the case already. Yeah, so you could be like, here's a kidney. Yeah, it's like, oh, there's a kidney missing. Well, I guess I'll just send this guy a kidney. Where do you just get a kidney? Well, like at a butcher shop. What? Yeah, like it. They don't. There's like speculation whether or not it was human. Is a, okay. Even then, is a butcher shop just selling a kidney on its own? Yeah, you can no. just yeah, you can get kidneys. People eat kidneys, like just a whole kid. Here's a left kidney. Yeah. No. Yeah, there are people who eat kidneys and intestines and stuff. I know, but is it just like in a, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't I'm know. Very, I'm just worked up about this. <laughs> Go on. But yeah, you can get like a kidney from a butcher shop. You can get like giblets from a chicken at a grocery store, like King Super. I just feel like the kidney thing is not real, but I'm gonna accept your interpretation. <laughs> I think you eat kid like people eat kidneys. I'm pretty sure. No, I not disputing that they eat kidneys. I just think I don't know if it's as simple as like going to your corner store butcher shop and like. Hey, can I get a kidney? Like, I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like that'd be like a special order kind of situation. It might be. I don't know how you exactly get a kidney, but if it was a special order, he had a few weeks to get it. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know. So, yeah. The thought of that happening is weird. Exactly. But <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, what, however, the circumstance may be, <laughs> um, we, if you remember, I said that Catherine has a disease called Bright's disease, and it makes your kidneys oh, yeah, look really light in color. So doctors saying that it looked lighter than most kidneys were saying it has Bright's disease, just like Catherine. Oh my god! Yeah. So, um, was that one, also publicized? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think the From Hell letter was publicized, but it also, I don't know, actually. 
it's really famous. All I know Sorry. is that later. No, <laughs> we it's keep okay. asking each other like, questions, questions that we can't answer. We can't like, answer. I didn't research that. Stop asking me that <laughs> question. Stop, stop. Um, yeah, no, I don't know if the From Hell letter was uh, publicized, but I do know that afterwards it is very popular and you can actually see the actual letter nowadays. So that's kind of cool. But one of the most vocal people who said that the kidney was Catherine's was Dr. Openshaw. And he got an he got a letter later, and it's another weird one that's has a ton of misspelled words. So sorry if I say them wrong. They're just like weird. Okay, so old boss, you was right. It was the left kidney. I was going to operate again close to you, opposite, just as I was going to drive my knife along one of her blooming throats. Then cusses of coppers spoiled the game, but I guess I will be on the job soon and will send you another bit of innards, Jack the Ripper. Oh, have you seen the devil with his microscope and scalpel looking at a kidney with a, with a slide cocked up? So, I don't know what that means, but... That's the other letter that's kind of weird. <laughs> um, a lot of misspellings, again, in this one. I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. And the interesting thing about the second misspelling letter is that he says that his name is Jack the Ripper, but in the previous one, the From Hell letter, he says, catch me when you can. And he doesn't say Jack the Ripper on it. So, again, there's a lot of speculation on whether or not these are all legitimate. But I just thought I'd read you the letters because they're really freaking weird. Um, so on November 8th, 1888, the final canonical victim, Mary Kelly, was murdered. We started off with her murder and I, and like I said, it was extremely brutal. We looked at the lovely picture. So terrible. (laughs) Don't look it up. After the death of Mary Kelly, we don't have any more confirmed victims of Jack the Ripper. But like I said, there are technically 11 women that are connected to him, Um, And two of them were killed before Mary Nichols, and then four were killed after Mary Kelly. I think the most interesting one is um, the Pynchon Street torso, which is just a human torso that was found inside of a trunk. Yeah. Kind of gross. That is really gross. So, yeah. Um, But the most convincing of all of the victims, the other victims, is probably Martha Tabram. And she was killed on August 6th, 1888, so right before Mary Nichols. And she was found at the foot of of some stairs in a dark alleyway near a bank. And she had been stabbed 39 times in her abdomen. And her throat had also been cut. So there's some similarities there. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Yes. So let's talk suspects because there's quite a few, but due to recent developments, one suspect has been thrust into the spotlight again. We already told you about it in another episode. (laughs) His name is Aaron Kosminski. (laughs) But if you didn't listen to that one. This is who he is. His name is Aaron (laughs) Kosminski. Okay. Kosminski? I don't know. Kosminski. He's Polish. Kosminski? I don't know. It's kind of fun to say. Kosminski, however you'd like to pronounce it. He's dead, so whatever. Okay, so he's a 25-year-old Polish barber at the time of the murders, and he matches all of the physical descriptions that were given out by key witnesses. And if you remember, the witnesses kind of vary on what the description was, but literally, he matches almost all of them. The only things that really change about the... um, the different perpetrators is what he was wearing, but the physical 
um, aspects of his face were very unique. So he had a really long, dark mustache, pretty defined features, a really defined jawline, etc. Which is exactly what Aaron Kosminski looks like. So after the murders took place, he was admitted to a mental, mental institution after exhibiting symptoms of mental illness, obviously. Doctors uh, stated he was schizophrenic, delusional, paranoid, and incoherent. So we have some mental issues already popping up in this guy, which um, we've associated some mental illnesses with murder. So we could make that correlation as well, I would say. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're prob- there's probably something not connecting if you're like ripping women up and eating their organs. <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. Probably some. Okay. Um, so he bounced around to several mental institutions, but many stated that he never had any violent tendencies while he was there, which is kind of a curious point because of how violent the murder of Mary Kel- Kelly was. Um, He was admitted to his first mental mental institution in 1890 and then died in 1919. So the last murder was in November of 1888. So we still have like a, like, I don't know, like a month and a year in between when he's admitted and when he's still a free man. So it's kind of interesting to see this huge escalation and then a complete stop. At least for the canonical victims, we obviously have a few... um, that were afterwards that are not confirmed. But we do see kind of a stop in these Jack the Ripper murders, which is interesting since he was still um, alive and well and free in 1889. Um, But there you go. So he was not a very convincing suspect, but in 2007, a shawl was purchased at an auction by a man named Russell Edwards who wrote a book about all of this, and he called it Naming Jack the Ripper. The shawl reportedly came from Catherine Eddow's body the night she was killed. An officer stole it for his wife, which is a terrible gift, first of all. Um, Here is the shawl from a crime scene. You want it, honey? I got it for free. Uh, yeah, no, that's a terrible gift. Horrible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was covered in blood and she never wore it. And <laughs> it was passed down. <laughs> like, don't blame her. It, they never washed it, which is kind of cool. I mean, just imagine if she had washed it. And she was like, okay, but this maybe is cute. she was like really into crime and she right. loved and she, the gift. Yeah. And she knew. Yeah. She knew in her heart of hearts that DNA evidence would be relevant like 120 years later. Well, even blood typing would have been way earlier. So mm-hmm. she could have had that on her radar. Exactly. This woman's smart, actually. So she boxed it up and it was passed down through her family until it was sold in 2007. The shawl was tested using mitochondrial DNA, first by a molecular biologist in 2013, and the original findings were not very convincing, mostly because this biologist did not publish them in a study. So a lot of people thought that since he wasn't publishing his findings, that he wasn't 100% sure that the DNA evidence proved that Aaron Kosminski was involved. But this year, Dr. I'm going to butcher this name, and I'm so sorry, Dr. Uh, Jari Lu something something. That's it. That's his name. I'm gonna. Call, <laughs> I want to see Doctor J. That's what I'm gonna call him. Maybe like Lou Helen Helen Helenen. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, Lou Helenian. I don't know. Something something like that. And his colleague David Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just a lot easier to say. So they published the study this year, and it gave a more in-depth look into the DNA profile that was on the shawl. 
The DNA was taken from a semen sample, and it was used. Um, it was tested using familial DNA, which was compared to one of Kosminski's living relatives, and it was a match. So the thing about mitochondrial DNA is that when you compare it to someone else, it basically just rules them out or confirms that they could be that person. So it doesn't necessarily confirm them precisely. It's just like, well, they have this type of DNA, so it could be them. Yeah, and I think that the other main reason people criticize this study is that all it shows us is that someone related to Aaron Kosminski was a mitochondrial match. So exactly. it could have been like Aaron Kosminski's cousin. or yes, or Aaron Kosminski's yeah. fourth cousin twice yeah. removed. So there are a lot of things that went into that that are not extremely convincing. But it is kind of cool to think about one of the main suspects during the case and we can effectively say that they are a possible murder it's suspect. Like pretty much him. It's pretty I mean, much him. People was, are using the word solved. Yes. <laughs> people are using the word solved. And I'm actually pretty convinced about this because he was one of the main suspects. Yeah, like he was already um, pretty convincing. And yeah. then this I mean, could it be one of his relatives? Yeah, yeah but, but I mean well, the likelihood of that is far less considering that he was a Polish immigrant. I don't know much about whether his family, like, I don't know much about his immigrational history in terms of who came with him to England, if he was a first generation England person, England Englander, Englandite, Londoner, <laughs> whatever. Resident of England. <laughs> yes. Um, if he was a first generation British guy. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know about that, but it is kind of cool to think that someone who was a main suspect was probably the killer. So. Yeah. DNA is also being used to test the letters that were sent to the Central News Agency in addition to the shawl. So who knows? Maybe we could find some more juicy stuff about Jack the Ripper. Maybe we can find out that the letters are actually not legitimate, which we probably already know that. <laughs> but the Dear Hell one, or From Hell that would be really cool if it was legit. So um, one of the other suspects is named James Maybrick, and he also has some weird evidence associated with him, like a pocket watch that has all of the canonical five initials etched into the back of it with his name underneath it. But Ugh. that could have been done, like, years <laughs> That's later. <weird. laughs> yeah, that is kind of weird. Um, and then another guy came forward saying that um, he found James Maybrick's diary. There's a lot of stuff that's just associated with this James Maybrick guy, but I'm not really convinced. Um, the one thing that is kind of funny is that he was murdered by his wife in 1889. So... That kind of matches up with our timeline a little bit better. Yeah, because Aaron Kosminski had a break mm -hmm. where he was still a lot, or obviously. He was still um, free. He's still, like, not institutionalized. And exactly. That's kind of weird, so. Yeah, yeah. So he had, like, almost over, he had over a year where he was still out there. Yeah, but, I mean, so many things could explain that. Like, he could have moved and mm -hmm. then, like, committed murders there, and they're just not yeah. connected, or... Or maybe There's he a just lot of stuff, yeah. was like, his desire was satisfied. I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah. There's a lot of different things that could go into it. I'm pretty convinced that Aaron Kosminski is going to be our guy just because the DNA evidence, while it's not extremely conclusive, 
because Aaron was on the list of suspects, that's where I'm like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, um, I agree. And he's like a legitimate person that was looked into. And it's just him. Like fit the profile. <laughs> yeah, it's just him. So we're going to say Jack the Ripper has been officially solved um, using mitochondrial DNA. And it's very exciting. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of the story of Jack the Ripper. Um, and a lot of people always say like, oh, I thought he like killed like 15 people or something. But there's only five victims. Um, and I hope that you all learned something new about Jack the Ripper today because I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned so much. Yeah. That I didn't know. Yeah, because we always go in kind of like this, I know everything about Jack the Ripper. It's like, oh, yeah, Jack the Ripper. Um, murder? Like, I know everything about that. It's like, oh, my God, I love Jack the Ripper. I was like, oh, really? How many victims did he kill? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to say to people now. I'm just going to be like a true crime asshole. <laughs> but yeah. I'm sure that you'll make so many friends. I know. Doing that. So excited. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, thank you guys for listening. And um, I hope you enjoy our next episode, which is going to be another case that I don't know yet. <laughs> um, so that'll be really exciting. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Bye. Bye.